Hi, Jens here. Are you interested in innovation? This might be something for you too. Every Friday, I share the latest innovation articles, ideas, videos, books, podcasts, and more that I discovered during the week in my newsletter, Connect the Dots. If you subscribe, you will receive an email into your inbox every Friday. You can't find the newsletter anywhere else, so you have to subscribe if you want to receive it. Head over to jensheitland.com, scroll to the bottom of the page and sign up. But now, let's get started with the podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Jens Heitland Show, where I interview experts from different fields to connect the dots of innovation and entrepreneurship. This is another Innovation Breakfast Club episode, where I bring previous guests back into the show to dive deeper into one topic. Today, I talk to Joshua, Stephen and Jeff, and we together explore the future of organizations. What is the future How do we need to structure organizations? And in the end, we look into what are key attributes for future organizations. Enjoy the Innovation Breakfast Club with Joshua, Stephen, and Jeff. Hello and welcome to another Innovation Breakfast Club meeting. How are you doing, guys? Good. Good. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. It, it's always fascinating so for everyone who is listening or watching this. Like before we started recording, it was like a chicken farm. Everyone is talking over each other. And now it's like we're we're, we're recording and everyone's like, yeah, let's be serious. Well, we don't yeah, have be, to be serious. serious. We don't have to be serious, though. No, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Jens, I think I it must be Jens? because you went, Jens went and changed his shirt from a T-shirt to a collared shirt. So then we all had to become serious yes. uh, for, for our very formal recording. Sorry for that. No, it's... I, I'm wearing polo, which is the, the chic version. <laughs> so it fits to the organization stuff we are talking about. The topic for today, the future of organizations, whatever that's, that is for us, um, for the world. And we have discussed that and scratched that a little bit in the last episode we, we four did together. Um, what I would like to explore with you guys is what will be the future of organization what are different setups what are innovative ways of thinking is there anything different in the future do we need to do things differently um or not so all of these topics i would like to discover with you and if we end up in the metaverse or somewhere else it doesn't matter it's all about figuring it out and starting point today is literally starting with The future of organizations. What what is the first thing you thought about when when I sent that out literally yesterday? Let's start with Joshua today. I had a feeling that you're going to put me on the spot, Jens. <laughs> Jeff and Stephen, great to great to be back and recording another episode with you guys. And Jens, thanks so much for bringing us all together again. So I'll keep it short. So where my mind went is because I'm spending a lot of time in in the crypto world and Web three world, and you know meeting with those people at the moment and have been over the last sort of year is really thinking about what it means to work. And the reason my mind went there is because so often we associate work with organizations, but is that right? Is that the way that the future is going to look? 
and what does that mean in terms of the way that we organize and how we contribute to what we actually want to do. So I think there's this big fundamental shift that's happening. It might not be happening everywhere in the world, but it's definitely showcasing what's possible. And a term that many of the listeners may have heard and may not have heard is DAOs. So a DAO is a decentralized autonomous organization. And inside of the crypto world at the moment, there's a lot of push towards that space. And I think what that means in simple terms is that you're bringing together a group of people who maybe have never met before and you're asking them to do work together. And work, again, is this complex term that maybe isn't that complex. And so it's really forced me to take a step back and to think about a few things differently. So, yeah, that's where my, went, my mind went when you sent this out. And I thought it's actually quite uncanny um, how you came up with the topic. But it, maybe it's because you were also spending a bit of time together. Yes. <laughs> Let's move on with Jeff. First thoughts. Well, the first thought that came across my mind were... were many things like what Joshua was referring to. Um, one of my last meetings before the pandemic hit was with a senior executive team in a, in a B2B product company. And I was talking about how, well, if this takes hold, then we might be looking at VR as a way of meeting. And some of the senior executives were like, I, no way, I'm not doing that. Like we're going to the office and we need to be together. And I'm like, right, but pandemic, so maybe not. Um, and so we've, we've come around to this. The other thing that made me think about this is uh, Harley Finkelstein, who's the president of Shopify, one of the biggest e-commerce companies in the world, uh, who's uh, it's a Canadian-based company as well. Um, he was talking about um, how the pandemic forced companies to think ahead by about a decade um, in terms of where they are. It created a forcing function. It made people move into areas where they weren't comfortable and where they had to rethink everything, including the organization. Um, and for me, everything still comes back down to <clears throat> the issue of things like leadership and accountability. We can design all the cultures and the, the corporate cultures, excuse me, in the organizations, however we want to design them and, and create them. But I still think there are fundamental problems that, that haven't been solved within companies, such as you know leadership taking accountability uh, and responsibility. Um, you know, Are the senior leaders just presenting ideas and things they've shipped? without giving acknowledgement to the people that have actually done all of the work and the research. And I'm seeing that happen in companies. And you're also seeing that as a pattern in, in the great exodus and why people are just rotating through companies and leaving because the corporate culture isn't great. So if we move into the metaverse, I think that's great. That's a new experience, but it also poses other problems, right? Like that's just an extension of social media, like an article I shared with, with you gentlemen and one, one author talking about his concerns. I think people have forgotten social media is a choice. Right? Like you don't have to be on Facebook. You don't have to be on Instagram or Twitter. If you are upset by the noise and the implications that that's causing within your organization and your own mental health, just get offline. Right? You don't have to be engaging in those things. So then if we move into the metaverse, does that create issues with respect to people being able to differentiate between reality and augmented reality? And that may be a real stretch at this point philosophically. Um, but I think we aren't thinking about the consequences. Even Mustafa Suleiman, who founded DeepMind, who uh, was the AI product that Google bought, was talking about solving for the technologist dilemma, things he learned about after he created the machine. So I think if we're going to dive into the meta universe and other things, I think there are still some pretty fundamental problems and questions that have to be asked uh, in a world where we keep moving faster and faster. Thanks, Jeff. Stephen. Good to be with you all again. Um, let's just stick a pin in Metaverse because I know we're going to have 
a great discussion around that. I, I want to go back to this, what do organizations look like and so on. And I think, I think they're going to fall into two distinct categories. Okay. I think we are going to have enormously large, powerful, and I mean global power organizations, which is scary. And we are going to have all of these niche businesses where you're the go-to guy for paper clips and you're the go-to guy for solving this particular problem, right? And I think that's going to get broken down into three ways, right? It'll get broken down into DIY, i.e. do it yourself, right? It'll get broken down into DIWS, do it with someone, or it will get broken down into DIFY, do it for yourself. Okay, and 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 that way, and where where that power of large corporations sits, and and the metaverse, I'm sure, will play a huge part in that. I find really really scary, and a, a classic, and you guys know this happened. Chicago this morning. Uh, and, and outlying um, suburbs um, had an internet outage by one of the biggest providers in the state, Comcast. Right? You know, and and everything just seemed to to stop. You know, and even cell service was slow, and, and and all of those sorts of things. So, so where do we then sit? You know, is it is it power companies that then hold the balance of power with people? Is it is it as you say? Is it social media? Um, you know, if you go back, you make a really great point, Jeff, about social media. If you go back to when when TV very, very first started and there were all sorts of people coming on going, you know, we shouldn't be, you know, you shouldn't be watching this or this is this is terrible. And this is the biggest and simplest answer in the world was if you don't like it, there's a button. Turn it off. As you said, you know, go offline. Take 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 a couple of days. I, I I've done that in 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 the last couple of you know last couple of months. Just taking a day where you just don't do you you have nothing to do with social media, whatsoever. Just to just to give you, you your mind a break. So I think I think that's where it's going. I I I, I think the, the metaverse. When you get when you get a company like Facebook changes its name, right? Then I think the writing's on the wall, as well. So you know. <laughs> That's, that's my that's my opening two cents worth. Thanks, everyone. I guess the the name change in Facebook. There are a couple of other strategic reasons for it as well. It's not just just the metaverse. No, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> but I I would like to add to to what you all said. From from my perspective, it's it's really about the people inside the organization, and because seeing now COP twenty six happening right now uh, and last week as well, people demonstrating which. Of course, we have had in every COP 20 something or 19, um, 16, whatever, um, happening. But I think the the power of engagement between the people on a global scale is completely different with the leverage of the technology we have right now. And I think that's the technology. And you mentioned, all of you mentioned technology in different ways, like DAO is based on technology or a lot of things are based on technology, VR um metaverse is based on technology as well um technology will be part of it but i think that the key part is really the adoption of the people and what are the needs dreams and desires everyone wants to get fulfilled this this seeking towards freedom for the young people growing up right now the same with myself or a call 
Josh, Josh Stephen and I have been on last week with a couple of other uh, podcast guests where we discussed a little bit of like what 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 is the future what is the future of us how can we contribute to to something bigger than ourselves um that everyone has a little bit that urge i'm not sure that it's normal part of every organization right now but if this urge is is growing in people like us what what is going to be what is the right company setup what is the right organizational setup inside corporations or like steven said in the different categories big question marks before we go further there might be one or two people out there who are listening to this podcast i mean it's anyhow only two people <laughs> no um who are not understanding what the metaverse is so because we have mentioned it already five times who wants to give an explanation about it Well, I think Josh was the foremost expert, <laughs> so I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna throw it over to throw it over to Joshua to figure out uh, and explain in plain language what this ridiculously complicated construct is and that we're still figuring out. So, Joshua, you can thank me later. You can come to Canada and thank me later. <laughs> yeah, it's it's fascinating where the conversation's gone so far, and I've got a few points that I'll I'll raise. But sort of defining the metaverse and where to where to start. So I'm going to use a pretty standard textbook definition. So Jeff, sorry, it's not as exciting as you would have hoped, but the metaverse in simple terms is a, a shared virtual reality space. And what I mean by that is that it's shared, it's open. It's not defined by one entity or one organization. It's a space where you can come to collaborate and you do so in a digitally native first environment. And what I mean by that, instead of interacting in person or in real life, you interact through a virtual means, whether that's through Oculus headsets, putting on your VR goggles, or hopping on Zoom, some may really, uh, argue that a version of the metaverse already exists. It's maybe just not as open, but that's how I sort of start my thinking about the metaverse. And when we when we sort of deconstruct it in the in the conversation, Jens, you can maybe pull us out again, and we can spend some time on definitions. But I think that's a, a good way to start it. Yeah, I, I think it's interesting, right? I think with all technology, it's you can look, there are two sides to it, right? There's the excitement and interest and possibilities and opportunity that people look at in terms of how it could potentially, how there are potential huge upsides, right? In terms of moving in a certain direction and trying new things. Um, but there's also potential risks associated with that. And when you look at, when you look at organizations and moving in this way in the future of organizations, I think we're, we're trying to figure this out right now, right? You, you go back to the office full time, Do you do it part-time, uh, like you're there two or three days a week, or do you do it as needed, as Stephen was sort of alluding to with do-it-yourself and, and the different areas that he had outlined with respect to the future of these global corporations? Um, so it is interesting. I think it, I think it's an opportunity to look at uh, what could be. Um, mildly concerned about it, as Stephen noted, and maybe this is just me being 48 and concerned, looking back on the experiences I have to date, is are we going to learn the lessons from the past, right? As I've talked about before, I don't think Mark Zuckerberg intended Facebook to be a tool that would use to be used to organize a revolution in Egypt. Like that would have never crossed his mind. And I'm not suggesting he'd have the foresight to do that. Um, you know, I've seen Mark Zuckerberg interviewed. I don't think he has the foresight for, you know, <clears throat> for a lot of a lot of different things ethically, but I don't think he's also, you know, that's not his focus. He's developed this corporation that's impacting the world. So, <clears throat> I think there are opportunities. I, I just don't think we spend enough time considering considering the risks. And that's not to be a doubt. I'm not saying, oh, you know, back in the day when I was a kid, 
<clears throat> that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying at the end of the day, there are that we don't we still don't consider the human impact of you know being online all the time, the cost to mental health. We can we can design and build anything today. I don't think there's enough of a conversation around what we should be doing. And I think businesses are recognizing that the traditional organizational structure also doesn't work financially, right? There are companies that are saving millions of dollars every year by not renting office space anymore. And their productivity has actually increased in most industries by not going to an office space every day. So you, it's not about money anymore, really, because you can save a ton of money. Productivity goes up. Okay, so what is the benefit to getting together all the time, going to an office every day? I heard I heard a colleague online talking about how she was going back to work for the first time a couple of months ago and then forgot about, didn't realize how much time she was wasting of her life mm -hmm. commuting to and from work every day. Mm -hmm. And she did the math and it worked out to something like 500 days in 10 years or some ridiculous thing. She's like, yeah, I quit. And she left her job. And so many people are doing that. So the organizational structure, where you work, uh, do brands mean anything anymore to anyone? Or is it all networking and relationships? Do you just bring your friends with you into the next job? So I think mm -hmm. short term, that's shaping the future of organizational structure. But to me, it all comes back down to people. And the bigger the organization, if you love your job, in my experience anyway, it all comes down to whether you're lucky enough to work on a good team with good people and a good leader that provides direction and support. And if you don't, you're gone and you're going to go somewhere else. So it's their short term. I think that's what we're dealing with right now. The metaverse is something that I think we need to experiment, but also be careful with and understand that there are people that are on the other end of the virtual reality. And that, you know, just because you take the goggles off doesn't mean that you, the reality of how you're feeling and what you're thinking and doing and whether you're adding value, that doesn't just disappear because the metaverse up and vanishes, for example. So I wanna just double click on the word dependency because it's come mm -hmm. up a lot in the conversation so far. And it's quite interesting when you start thinking about what that means and it goes back to something that I mentioned right at the beginning about what is work? And we're thinking about these future organizations, but surely we should think about, and not only, but what, what does it mean to work? And if you think about transitions that have happened in the past, and, and Jeff used the, the notion of a forced change where we didn't have an alternative, we had to learn these new ways of work and organizations had to adapt because they had no other alternative. So if you think about these dependencies, maybe we were just made more aware of these dependencies. And I'll use an analogy of, you know, if you think about technology or developing a mobile application, a mobile application depends on certain pieces to make it operate. And if you think about that from an organization perspective, maybe we just weren't aware of all of these micro and interdependencies that had been built up to shape the modern organization that we want that we once knew. And now is we're asking to reimagine it. And it's almost we've become caught up in this hamster wheel of progression, progression, growth and growth and not acknowledged the interdependencies of different pieces of the system, which were maybe put together in an inefficient or an ineffectual way. And that is now we've taken a step back of, hey is it wise for me to spend an hour every day in the traffic commuting or what else can i do do i actually need to go into the office to do that task or can i also have a family life and i think that that like you mentioned jeff is really asking people to imagine what the future of an organization may be and what does it mean to work in that way and before we started recording we we're also just riffing and laughing a bit with each other about that very notion of attaching yourself to what you do and I think that that is, you know, fundamentally changed in the way that people think about the organization that they would like to belong to, the purpose that that brings them, 
and what that means to, for the work that they're going to produce and how they're going to help that organization move forward. Can I, a couple of things. Great, great points, by the way, guys. Um, for decades, everybody talked about work-life balance, did they not? For decades. And, and what did they mean by it? They didn't. They didn't know what they meant by it, but they would, I, I, I think that they were just trying to con people into the fact that, you know, you, you need to get the work in so that you can get this leisure time at the end. And of course, people just ended up working longer hours and, you know, being the first in and being the last out. Where, where's the work-life balance in, in that, right? We, we get a pandemic come along and and all of this, you, you know, need to be in the office by, you know, 8.30 or, or 9 and you don't go home till, you know, certainly your manager go home, goes home or whatever, goes out the window. So now everybody's, we're back to quality of life and the freedom that we that, that we've been talking about right the, the the biggest attrition in in the workplace right now is because of poor managers you don't work with you, you don't you don't like the guy you work with that is managing you or supervising you you're gone right because, 100%. Yep. And, and 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 so you know, there's there are other opportunities out there. What we've what we've all just learned in the last 24 months is, well, I can do this from here, and I can be productive, and I actually I can be more productive, and I can talk to more people, and 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 I can be better connected. How that impacts on our on our mental health, um, I'm, I I I think it's it's impacting more than any of us and I realize right now because this is you know this is what we do right so I, I watched an interesting clip with um jeff bezos yesterday who was giving an interview who said you know as 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 a ceo of of this you know this this massive massive organization all he focuses on is making three really really great decisions a day right he gets eight hours sleep and, 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 you know, people might think, well, he's doing this, he's doing that, he's doing that. All he's doing is trying to, you know, make three great decisions a day for his business. When was, when was the last time I sat down and thought, hang on a sec, let, let's, not, let's not, you know, wade through the mire of, of what we're doing today, all the things that we've got to get done because you're a small business. And, and we, we all experience that, right, as, as small business owners. But, you know, took some time to go, Okay, what's the what's the next six months look like for me? Where 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 is my planning in all of that? And and that's that's I think also the 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 thing that that big businesses don't think about because they're they're continually just chasing and chasing and chasing and chasing, and until they're forced to say where where are we going to be in ten years time, you know, quality of life goes out the window, you know, work life balance whatever it might be, and and now we're in a situation where. Actually, none of that matters because we can be more productive. We we can have better communication, and and I I think you've hit on something with with do brands really matter now, Jeff? I mean, I, I think right now they do. <laughs> ten, ten years from now, I I I don't think they'll be as significant as a as a can't you know? I'm a I'm a I don't know whatever a, a Nike yeah. fan or or an Apple fan or whatever. Because all the lines are going to get will get blurred. Yeah, and I think if you look at the history of work too, from say you know our grandparent great grandparents from World War One, and what work was largely labor intensive, right? Machines were just being built. Technology was 
nothing compared to what it is today, respectfully to, to mm. you know, as we come up on Remembrance Day and whatnot with, with the greatest of respect. And hence, they were called the greatest generation, right? Uh, and rightfully so for the sacrifices they made. Um, all the way to where we are today with the millennials and Gen Zs, right? Work in of, it, out of itself has become less labor intensive. It's become less demanding. Innovation has made our lives easier. There are fewer and fewer people that know how to fix plumbing issues, that know anything about carpentry, can't fix anything in our homes that we take for granted of, right? And that's not necessarily a bad thing. But the point being is at the end of the day, we we are at a point where to, to all of our conversations, what defines work? What defines the organization? Mm -hmm. And we haven't been in a position to even really think about that or even do anything about it until the pandemic, right? So again, it's just like the generational arguments that are out there that are that are also impacting the organization and the communication and the value that people feel. It's ridiculous to say that I can understand the world through the eyes of Joshua. I can't. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not experiencing a life where I never grew up never knowing the internet. I'm the last generation to spend half my life without the internet and the second half, third, sec, the third building it and getting us to where we are today. But that's a totally different perspective. It's mm -hmm. very different than the baby boomers in North America anyway, pardon me, but in, in that, that older generation who are basically spending the last 10 years of their career being forced into moving in this direction as well. And now we have five generations coming to the workforce for the first time in human history. You know, just again, it's 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 really about you know we we can't we have a hard time just trying to figure out how we're going to get along generationally. So when we talk about the metaverse, I think it's fascinating. I really do, and I think it's really interesting to look at possibilities. But my default is to always go back to going, okay, we haven't actually resolved some pretty fundamental human behavioral issues within organizations and online. You know, people people I used being an entrepreneur my whole life, like working from home. What people are experiencing now, working from home, is not working from home. This is being forced to work from home with your kids screaming mm -hmm. around you and doing all the things you're not used to. That's not an entrepreneur working from home. I could work five hours one day and then work over the weekend and then take Monday and Tuesday and do other things. Like you have a lot more freedom and flexibility. This isn't, this isn't what I grew up knowing as working from home. So there are all these human factors that I don't think we've even resolved yet. So when we talk about the future of business, I think we're figuring that out. My only concern is, do we leap before we look? Does that mean then that, that, that businesses are building technology and, 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 and ways to distract us, if I can use that word, because they don't, they're frightened to face up to those, those issues? Because they're not they're not new, Jeff. You and I are old enough to know that these go back, you know, 20, 30 years. And, and, yeah. and all this progress, I think, just keeps kicking the can down the road. Metaverse might be a great way for us to, you know, interact together and know about each other. Well, I, I, just picking up on your article, I don't want to walk around with a bubble on my head that says, you know, <laughs> likes golf, you know, enjoys, enjoys a good glass of red wine. You know, yeah. I, I want I want to have a conversation with people. Well, you know, the, the introverts would disagree with you, but I, I get your point. Yeah. No, I'm joking aside. I, I agree. I don't. Again, I think the I think, again, it's it's about asking better questions. I, I think we need to ask more questions. I think mm. we need to have more conversations. I think we need to constantly bring the human being back into the equation whenever we talk about technology. Right. I, that's to me, that's the answer. Right. The whole focus on mental health now has been brought up because of COVID. 
yeah. and the impact on work-life balance and, and what that really means, right? Like at the end of the day, Stephen, to your point, we talked about it all the time. No one ever did anything about it. But now we're in a position where, you know, employees are going, I don't have to work for you for 20, 30 years. Mm. You know, and in some cases, like we talked about before, if you worked for the same company for five to seven years, if you didn't work there for five to seven years, people would think, well, that's a problem. You're clearly an issue. You can't stay with a company. You don't, nobody wants to keep you employed. That's changed in mm. one generation. That's mm. changed. Mm. Um, yeah. So it's interesting. Anyway, sorry, Jens. By to, to that point, like, like you, you mentioned a couple of times, the leadership part. I think it was the same 10 years ago that people are leaving organizations because of their leaders, of their managers. It was just not as obvious. And as I, I guess a lot of people have been so dependent on being inside of that hamster wheel, mm -hmm. being part of the party um, of that organization where nobody was daring to step out. They just grinded through it. I think today we're in a situation where you can literally create an NFT if you're a creative um, and earn money with that without any educational background. And I think that's that's a fascinating thing and as well different other ways of earning money. But it's like it's way easier to step out of that and as well socially accepted. I think that's also something where we have been guided and myself included. I mean, it took me quite a long time to do that step outside of the big corporation. I was thinking two years about it, but it took me two years to say, yeah, but what will other people think about me? Which today I say, it's completely ridiculous. I tell everyone, hey, don't care about what, what everyone else is saying. Do what you love to do. Um, and it's easier to say if you, if, if you have done it yourself, but I think that's something which is way more open discussed today. Um, and maybe COVID was a trigger for that. Maybe not at all. It's just, human development and the possibilities of interacting in different ways. So I think that 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 point is, I think it's, yes, there is that awareness and there's a self-awareness and maybe we are, like I said, more aware of dependencies and we're also more self-aware. So we do, we're aware of the choices that we can make. But I also think that that, that bubble exists in a small amount of space. It doesn't, it's not necessarily widespread. And I think that there are various reasons about that. And you mentioned a number already, you know, what society may think of me or my uh, historic background that I can't take those steps out. And I think, you know, when you get, when we engage in these types of discussions, I'm always cautious around where do we go with them? Because I think that there's certain things, even if you look at the way that we've discussed around what the future of the organization may be like, we're approaching it very much from a technologically focused background. But if you think about, you know, maybe a, a blue collar worker that's, got a completely different example of what the future may look like from their perspective. I also, you know, have to bridge those gaps. So, you know, just double clicking on what you mentioned around taking that step out. I think that there is this notion to be more self-aware and aware of as an individual, the power that we have. So there's this great book titled The Sovereign Individual. And it's really in, in terms of crypto spaces and Jeff and, and Stephen, you may have read it, but it's essentially talking about the power of an individual. And what does it mean? So existentialism, what does that mean? What, what is the, basically the power that we have as an individual and how can then we bridge that out into the world in terms of creating or adding value to something? And I think that, yes, the pandemics allowed us to look at those mechanisms. And I was on a call last night with someone talking about ideas that they maybe had seven, eight years ago. They just didn't have the technological tools to enact those ideas. 
And I think that that's also something that's maybe forcing us to rethink what an organization may become is because now we've got the tools and the mechanisms. They're not perfect to enable remote work and hybrid workforces, but they're allowing us to start imagining that space or thinking about that space in a more practical and tangible way than previously. Yeah. yeah and I, sorry. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I will go this time. Thanks, Tom. You will. Uh, to, to, to that point, I was in, in a discussion a couple of years back where we looked into how can we build this autonomous teams, which was at least a kind of small movement in, in Europe at that time. How can we build that into a large organization? And what we have found out that it's too early. The organization was not ready. The leaders specifically are not ready to give power back to the teams. And I think that's that's a huge, and that's one of my big interests going forward as well. How do you build this self-organized organization? You mentioned DAOs, for example, Josh, in the beginning. Um, because just doing a little bit of research in that world, this could be a missing piece, which which I would love to have known like 10 years ago when we discussed these topics. The organization was not ready. We didn't have the right tools and resources on how to do it. But we have had the first spark into that direction of how cool would it be if everyone is responsible for a specific thing in an organization and you don't need to have a power structure, a power structure mm -hmm. where you have one big, let's say, black, uh, black, white, male, female, whatever, on top of an organization saying, this is what we do. But I also know that depending where you are and which organization, which culture context you are in, which country, it's it's not going to work everywhere in the same way. And I think that's something humanity needs to learn if we want to go into that direction. Mm. And I think that's that's fascinating as well, the same with the metaverse, to explore these things. But Jeff, you wanted to say something. No, well, just, I mean, I, I agree. And that's to your point. I think, as I mentioned before, it all comes back to humanity. I was just thinking about what we were talking about earlier about, you know, the way work used to be about working in the same company for a long time. One of the reasons people stuck around was was a pension. Right. They mm -hmm. could retire. They get paid for the rest of their days till they retired. Right. Like that was the reason you stuck around a company. That's why you didn't leave the company. Not much has changed. If you're working for a product company that's gone public, you get stock. They're called golden handcuffs. So you'll tolerate a lot of people tolerate a lot to get to the point where they can invest, make millions of dollars. And there are some kids today that and I say kids today, there are people today, pardon me, but a lot of them are younger um, compared to me uh, that are there are millionaires now at 30 years old. Right. So what does the organization look like and what are they going to do and what lessons are they going to take from the place they worked in? Are they going to create businesses? And I see that pattern happening as well, where people are, you know, now they've got the financial freedom. So what do they really want to do? So I think there are big benefits to, you know, making a lot of money early and doing things. But again, the downside is, you know, how do you again back to leadership and, and people? Do you have the experience at 30 years old working for a few, few companies doing the same thing? to be able to consider what that next generation of work would look like. How is that going to impact people and, and the broader picture? Um, and I'm not, again, I'm not taking away from innovation and, and, and what cultures and what business culture should or could look like. It's just going to be interesting to see whether or not we choose to learn from past experiences. When I'm mentoring young designers, I don't, I don't tell them what to do. I always point to the fact that, okay, we, we figured that out over the last 10 years. You don't need to start there. Start here and learn more and teach me right going forward it's 
again, it, the metaverse is interesting. The future of organizations, I think, you know, technology can push the metaverse to us out to us now, like in the next year or two. We can we can all work and experiment in that. But if it doesn't come back to people understanding what they value and what they want, and I think that's where the power of employees are going to come back now, right? What's going to mm. what motivates you to stay in a company? If I'm not being treated well and you're paying me well and I can get the same money somewhere else, why am I going to keep working for you? And if we all have the same information, my hope is through all this technology and once we slow down, which what that might be the thing that causes a pandemic might cause us to do that, we could start focusing more on ideas and sustainability and things that are really important to the global culture and stop pretending like the imaginary lines we've drawn in the dirt that are called borders somehow don't impact there's not a ripple effect in the work that we do that doesn't impact our neighbors, like my neighbors in America and America to Canada and, you know, Portugal to Spain and et cetera, et cetera. Can I, what about second and third world countries? Right. Cause are they not all being left behind in all of this? Yeah. And, 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 and they're a large part of the planet, right. And, and actually they're mm. a large part of the problems that they have so many problems that, that that need solving that you know while whilst we're you know developing all of this in one direction there's these these other problems with humanity and sustainability and employment and health and all kinds of other things in second and third world countries i i saw something a couple of weeks ago about a, a young lady and i don't know if it was if it was kenya or uganda or something like that who created a process of taking plastics and making um, building bricks out of them. I don't know if you if you've seen yeah, and and so now she's building homes and and and, the, and but but she didn't have a, an engineering background. She just had this idea and found out a way to do it, and now has quite you know quite a sustainable business that employs a lot of people and actually you know recycles and ticks all, all kinds of boxes. But her innovation came out didn't come out of lots of technology. You know, hadn't didn't go to MIT or or or, or whatever. Right, just just the, the, here's a problem here that I think I can solve. I've got an idea and worked with it, and I, and I just worry that second and third third world countries just get left behind with all of this uh, as well. And and we're all having you know we're all having a party at, at this end with technology, but these guys, you know, the quality of life is 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 way way less than ours. So yeah, for, fortunately, I am. Um... I live in a third world country, Stephen. So it's it's also you know I deal with these you know thoughts on a daily basis and thinking about let's call it the haves and the have-nots. And I'm not going to draw a stark contrast between them, but in, inside of COVID, I think it's also made us far more aware of this concept of called the digital divide. Mm. So those people who are connected and those people who aren't connected, mm. and sort of the two sides to every coin. But just quickly on the digital divide, I think that enabling technology to connect more people is going to help us solve bigger problems. However, we do also need to not think that technology is the solution to the problem. Because the example that you just gave is a person had an idea, they, you know, they were constrained and sometimes constraints breed innovation, they breed yep. creative solutions. But she may have, or this person may have found the solution that she was looking for through a YouTube video, for example. So that links back to Jeff's point around having access to information. Now, I think is how do we make this global access more readily available and more widely spread? If we can do that using technology, that means that 
you know, the third world countries of the world will have the ability then to compete on an evil on a level footing mm -hmm. with other first world countries. Mm -hmm. So if you look at what's happening in India, for example, at the moment, in terms of that technological revolution that's happening there, and the skill set that's being able to be bred out of that environment is huge. Mm. And the minds in terms of that have now have access to share their ideas, to connect with others, and to do the work which previously they didn't have access to. So I think that technology, yes, it, it does need to be you know, considered, but it also is a great enabler in terms of what it can be and what it can do for humanity in general. And just to sort of wrap up this point is obviously spending a lot of time in the crypto world at the moment. People are really thinking about this cultural element and what does it mean to build uh, this next phase of the web? And came across this, this concept a couple of days ago called the a declaration of interdependence rather than a declaration of dependence. And if you think about what that means in terms of the way that we operate, the way that the four of us have got to know each other, there is a certain interdependence that is being created out. Now, how do we go and amplify that? And what does that mean in terms of organizations? If people are more aware of the impact that they are having negatively and positively on others, can that fundamentally change the way that we think about the work that we're doing? Mm. Great point. No, it's excellent. Well, I mean, I remember even hearing about speaking about, you know, innovation, and I think there's so much more innovation out there, and it's whether or not you're we're even aware of it, right? There years ago that I read a study about this this uh, these two young ladies at MIT who figured out how to build up kinetic energy inside a soccer ball. So they took this to to developing countries where they play soccer all the time. They love it. What do you need to do to play soccer? You need a ball. So they kick the ball around, build up all this kinetic energy, and then they'd be able to plug a light in at night to actually read in places where they didn't have electricity, right? So they'd use the soccer ball and think about, again, this idea of expansion. Well, yes, it's used all the time. They can charge, they're going to charge the ball up because they love playing soccer. And now they have a light that they can mm -hmm. use to actually read everything. Another gentleman went around gathering plastic bottles and whatnot and figured out a way to actually fix roofs in in old in old homes to actually plug it up so that actually the water wouldn't be they wouldn't get rained on in the middle of the night like from simplest things to you know more scientific concepts innovations everywhere it's just a question of what you decide to do and, and to your points do we just it's a tool right mm -hmm. and and do we decide do we decide to spend more time trying to figure out the next tool we're going to create or do we spend more time considering the problems we need to solve and then applying the right tool to solve the problem for the outcome we want. And I don't think, I think we need to spend more time doing that. The metaverse is great. It could also be hazardous. It, it depends, it could be. And it's like, you can go around and around, but if we spend more time agreeing what problems fundamentally need to be solved, Stephen and Joshua, to your point, like, you know, second and third world nations, maybe we spend more effort in there and time in there helping those people and, and we can create a better world for everybody. So if can we, I just ask you, just, yeah, yeah, sorry, just at Stephen, at Jeff's point, Jeff, can I just ask you to repeat what you just mentioned there? Because I think it's, I just want to just internalize it again, because it's extremely powerful in terms of the way that you framed around the ability that we have to think through problems. Yeah, well, technology is just a tool, right? So ultimately, at the end of the day, are we more focused on creating the next tool to do the next cool thing, iterating on what we've got to keep innovating for the sake of innovation, to do the next thing, to make more money, whatever it is, or do we slow down and focus on the fundamental problems we want to solve and the outcomes we're hoping to achieve to the point that we've all been making. And I think Joshua and Stephen were making it specifically 
do we, you know, big deal. We can, it's great. We can create the metaverse. Why? What problem are we solving with that? Is that mm. a good idea? Is it a good idea? Right? Mm. I don't need the next iPhone. I had an iPhone 7 forever. I updated to 12 because it was time for a new phone because it wasn't working anymore. They blew the operating system up. Great, I need a new phone. I don't need to think about it. I certainly don't need the iPhone 13. Why am I getting the iPhone 13? I have the iPhone 12. Why would I get the 13? There's nothing, there's a better camera. I don't need a better camera, right? So that's the idea. If we focus more on solving the problems we want to solve and then thinking about things, and again, in tech, right? What problem do we need to solve? Well, our, our engineers and designers and, and, and product managers, the best people to come up with those solutions. Maybe not. Maybe you need to take more of a kind of, you know, a service design approach and go out and shadow nurses all day long to find out what tools they actually need on the job instead of saying, here's an iPad. Well, I don't need another app for that. What do I really need? And what mm -hmm. problems am I trying to solve? And then also, what are the outcomes you're looking for? And how do you know whether or not it's going to be good or not? Just because we innovate and create something new doesn't mean it's better. It doesn't mean we're making things better for other people. We're just, we're just innovating. Does that make sense, Joshua? Yeah, thank you. That was a bit of a selfish, um, a selfish answer to, <laughs> no, to get you to repeat it. But I think it's it's extremely powerful just in terms of what it means. Again, going back to what we're talking about work and this concept of what it means to do work. And if you frame doing work around problem solving or you know ideas that help you solve a specific problem, if you've got now ways and organizations to help unlock that ability, that means then the way that we work and the way that we organize uh can fundamentally change and that can unlock different forms of value and business models that maybe we've never even seen or i know that we've never seen before um and so it's yeah exciting but also you know we do need to think quite deeply and consciously about what that means in terms of the world that we're building yeah i think it's a huge it's a sure. huge responsibility so i would like to use the last 15 minutes of this episode to together think about what could be potential or fundamental maybe attributes of organizations in the future which we believe in and it's just our our brain exercise so it's not something maybe for everyone but maybe other people get inspired on listening to our conversation of what we believe a future organization should we should be kind of comprehend any anyone first thought I think the foundation of every company is people. I don't care what industry you're in. I don't care what sector you're in. I think at the end of the day, it's understanding the people you're hiring, understanding them at a deeper level, not just professionally in a portfolio or whatever work they've done in the past or what company they've worked at. I think it's understanding them and the problems they want to solve. I think the mo one of the most important lessons my father taught me, and he was an executive leader, was that everyone wants to feel like what they're doing is of value and that they're valued in the processes they undertake. And a title doesn't mean you have the ability to communicate that to other people and help them understand those things. And so I think if you take that, I think if businesses take that approach first and foremost, uh, then they'll understand, you know, what work means to those individuals and the kind of areas and times they want to take, focus their energy and efforts in. And that's how you keep people engaged, spending more time at their job. And they have to feel like what they're doing is meaningful. Otherwise, they'll go and do something else. So yeah, for me, it. that's it. Yeah. So pick up on that then, then Jeff, to breaking that down, it, I, I think it's in terms of, of listening and understanding who those individuals are anyway, because uh, I, I think far too often yeah. um, that's, the, that's, the, that's the key thing that businesses miss. 
how how do you how do you inspire and make those people feel valued? Um, because some, you know, not everybody's motivated by money. Not not everybody's motivated by a title or a corner office. It's about it's about little dents in the universe. You know, what's what's the impact that you're making, and understanding that. And and I also think th- that the kind of you know decentralization of, of of very complex management structures would would help a lot of organizations. You know, uh, j- just so everybody gets heard. And, and, and again, I think, you know, when, like you say, when people leave businesses because of, of poor management, you know, a, a big part of that is because they, they don't get heard because mm-hmm. they, they, maybe they do have, you know, they do have a solution, but it's disregarded because, you know, that's not your job or, well, you know, you, you don't have a degree. So why would we listen to whatever it might be? And I can tell that sure. I, I speak from experience as far as that's concerned. Um, so, so I think you're, you're absolutely right. The, the, it, it's the people that come first. And if you want to build a successful business, you know people want to go and work for businesses that they that share their values that that you know promote promote good working environments. So, um, one I think one of the reasons that that recruitment is so difficult right now is because people think, no, I don't want to go and work for them. No, I, I mean it is you know. That there are other choices. That's why businesses are paying people bonuses to go and work for them now. You know, sign-on bonuses because they can't because people have now come to the point of, no, I'm sticking to my guns. I want to work for the type of business I want to work for. I want to work for the people that inspire me. And I think you know, once once you overcome that problem, then I think you're on the road to success. To to that point, so from a I understand the people part. Um, do they? Do you need to have a purpose as an organization to attract the right people or the people that are like energized by that purpose? Or what do you think about that? You mentioned purpose, Jeff. Yeah. Well, for example, there's a, there's a, there's an app right now called blind. And if you enter your work email, you can go and have people, people will talk about the actual corporate culture inside the business. Right. So all of that information is freely available and people will be totally upfront and honest. And so people are actually avoiding certain companies mm-hmm. because the majority of people are going, this is a horrible work culture. The leadership team treats people like garbage and uh, you're never going to get anything done. So I, at the end of the day, I think, <laughs> again, I can't, in my experience, I don't know how you get around it. I, I, I think it's, I think the onus is on two things. One, the corporation has to be open and honest about what their intent is, but then they have to model that behavior inside the company and they have to demonstrate results because in the information age, you can't hide behind numbers and go, this is what I think with apps like blind and people talking openly. I think the other thing to recognize too, is that the onus is also on the employee. You have to decide what you want to do. You have Mm -hmm. to decide, do you want to work for a company that provides sustainable products? Do you want to be tied to you know, something that's, uh, is that important to you? Or do you want to work for, you know, a fang company, a Facebook and Amazon and Netflix and Google and, and say, okay, you know, what's more important to me? Uh, it's going and getting the title and doing the work and building a portfolio and jump from company to company and make as much money as I can, as short as I can, so I can travel the world and do the things I want to do. But it's, it's twofold. The company has to be transparent and they have to model it. And then it's also on the employee not to complain about the company they're working in if they're not getting to do the things they want to do. If the company promises them that opportunity and takes it away, then you have every freedom and right just to walk away from that company and go and find another organization. So I think it's I think it's both sides. But the corporations can't just avoid things anymore. Mm-hmm. 
You covered a couple of things. I, I just want to repeat them so that we can take it to the next level. So people first, you said, then we, we touched purpose. Decentralization was the topic Stephen was bringing up. Then you said, uh, literally modeling walk the talk I wrote down. Um, open, open and honest um, both ways. Mm -hmm. And of course, connected to that transparency. So I think building building on those quickly and just two two things. So I think there's a lot of lot of lessons that we can use in terms of one thinking about it from a design perspective, in terms of the systems that that we are designing and what does that mean in terms of ways of operating and the meaning and inspiration that we gather from from things in terms of how that informs our outputs. And the first is around composability. So what does it mean to be able to build on work that other people have already done? So inside a blockchain, blockchain means, if, and the notion of composability means that you're only solving a problem once. And you can go and listen to Naval Ravikant and Tim Ferriss and Chris Dixon talk about this in terms of Web3 and what that may mean for the future. The other is around open source. And open source essentially wind back the clock, go back to the founding of, of, of the web and the internet and think about what that means in terms of access to information. And then all of a sudden we became centralized and closed source where your IP was very protected and that's how people made money. And in terms of now breaking that down and again, empowering individuals. So I think organizations of the future are really going to be about how do you empower an individual and I'll use a, a phrase that's overused is how do you empower an individual to do their best work? And from a thinking perspective, I think that really unlocks in terms of interoperability. So how do you allow an individual to work on multiple projects at different periods of their career. And I think organizations that can unlock people, and this, Jeff, this goes back to your point around leadership, how do leaders unlock and allow people to transition at the right time, at the right point in their career to work on new projects or different things? And if you think about that from an organization perspective, think about how you can create different opportunities with inside of your own organization, rather than an individual having to leave the organization to go and find mm -hmm. Inspir points of inspiration or points mm -hmm. of yep. creativity. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's just hopping between a different team or doing rotations in simple terms. But mm -hmm. I really think in terms of allowing that space where you can build on work that others have done, so you're not having to start from scratch because then people can move faster. And you're also doing it in an open source way so that, hey, there's this organization over there and I can go and collaborate with them because I know that because of this centralized ledger or open source environment that we're using, they're not going to steal that part of the IP that I'm using because I, that's my business model. I'm going and building a completely different model and different business model inside of that space. It's interesting. A couple of the things we are talking about is what, what companies are now kind of using as promoting themselves. So right. for, for me, it's all, all of the topics we discussed maybe with technology enhancement is slightly different, but in the end is something I would, would have seeked myself five, 10 years ago already. It wasn't different. Yes. Slightly maybe due to my experience level and how old I was in the context where I was in at that time. But I think a lot of companies talk right now, people first, but I think a big difference to what you mentioned, Jeff is like doing it and being the good example, not just talking it. And I think there, 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 I think is something of, if we look into the future organizations, if we use the technology and making things transparent in whatever metaverse or whatever 
can be blockchain, utilizing the technology and making things transparent, that they're that they're so transparent that you can't change them, then hey, you're a bad leader. And that's documented and you should not lead a team again in this context. Mm-hmm. Um, that sounds harsh, but I think a lot of organizations would benefit from that. And it's like, hey, you haven't succeeded in that leadership position because of this and this and this and this. And if we then look into and deconstruct, which you normally would do in an organization, hey, you're a bad leader. What does bad leader mean? Maybe you have been at the at at the at that time in the wrong space in the same in, in with the wrong team with the wrong context, whatever. Because it's not that the person is bad. It's more often it is the the context in where you work doesn't fit pr- properly to your capabilities. Yeah. And I think if we get this more transparent and truly then decide, hey, you have done this, or you are kind of possible to take your next step and and these things are documented in a more open way i think it's it's way easier as well to look into recruitment imagine you can see all the jobs i did and and look into details on what did i achieve what did my 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 team members say because i have been there where people have been left the company um because of me and i'm not proud about that um And I have left companies because of the people I worked with in the same way. But I think that's that's a couple of very, very interesting attributes we we have found out, which which might help organizations to move on. Yeah. It, it does always come down to, though, actions speak louder than words, yeah. right? You know, it, it it's all well and good saying, you know, that we do this as a company. You've got to demonstrate that you do it. I mean, you, you, you do. I mean, that's 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 the only way. It, look at look at here's a great example. Look at some of the um, the marketing that's going on for certain businesses around music that's being used, right? And all of a sudden, one product one product has a great success because it has this soundtrack behind it. And all of a sudden, you've got three different project products from different industries all using that same soundtrack. Yeah. Right? you know be 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 creative don't 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 you know be a shepherd don't be a sheep so yeah. you've got you've got to demonstrate that you can do it rather than just just you know follow the uh, uh, you know follow the road and, and and naturally you know not participate i think people get confused too with leadership i think people don't realize that you know being in business is a team sport <laughs> whether you acknowledge that or not and most people equate leadership with telling people what to do and, and you know and look at me Look at me and what my team has done. Me yeah. and my team. No, that's no. If you want to be a leader that people respect and get behind you, it's not about you. It's only about you when you make decisions and provide direction and things don't work. Then you step up and you go, here's what I learned. This is what I do differently next time. My team knocked it out of the park based on what I was recommending. We came together. This is what we learned, right? You don't take on a leadership role by making it about you and your team. It's about how we're going to work together. You work with me. You don't work for me, right? Where, who would you rather work with? Someone that said, you're going to work with me and we're going to figure this out together as a team or I'm going to tell you what to do and you work for me and you'll do what I tell you to do. Who wants to work with the latter guy? Nobody. Nobody wants to work with that, Jeff. You know, who wants to work with that guy? That guy's, and no one wants to, and again, you have choices, Right. So I think the whole concept around leadership needs to be explained. I think, Jens, to your point, the responsibilities on the organization, 
to provide opportunities for leaders to succeed. Set expectations about what those are. And one of the one of the uh, there's a there's a gentleman in the UK, uh, Dan Brown, who's a Scrum Master, who gave a great quote recently to me. He said, "Tell me what you measure, and I'll tell you how I behave." So at the end of the day, if we're all measuring impact based on people, like we're measuring impact and and success based on the machines we're building and applying that to humans, guess how many people are going to succeed? Virtually none. So. I, I, again, leadership, people, setting expectations. These are, Stephen, to your point, these are things that have been talked about for decades in companies. Mm -hmm. The difference now is we're still applying decades-old business models to new the way we're living today, which obviously doesn't work. And we're putting people in positions with titles and authority who don't necessarily have what I would call not soft skills, but I think today are core skills for people to actually in, help people step forward in their own career. It's not about me anymore. I've had a great career. I've been very lucky. Um, for me, it's about the next generation and helping them succeed. I don't need the title. I don't need the award. I've never needed that. That's why my teams have been successful. It has nothing to do with me. And I've face planted more than all of you combined. I promise you. I've had so many failures. It's ridiculous, right? But I've never blamed my team for not succeeding in that endeavor. It's, you know, this is what I learned. And if it didn't work out for another contract, it didn't. But it's not about me. And I think that's the thing people have to get their heads around in, a, in an age that we're living in, in the Instagram age where everything looks perfect and I'm taking the perfect shot and everything's awesome. But then you pull the filter back and go, yeah, things actually suck from time to time. And that's okay too. And we got to get comfortable with that, I think. Great episode today. <laughs> I think it's 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 a good ending, but I would like to... I mean, not fully ending because I need, we need to have a, um, a last fire chat round. Last fire chat round? A last round. Quick fire. Yeah. So what did you learn? And what do you recommend others to take away from this episode? We do the reverse order than in the beginning. We start with, who was the last? Jeff, right? I learned a lot from Joshua about uh, sort of starting to think about what the metaverse means, because honestly, until this we came to this call, I hadn't done my homework or research uh, and learning about um, crypto and whatnot. I'm learning more every time I talk to Joshua about that and learn from him. I think that's great. Um, and that we still have, a, I think we still have a long way to go with things. It, it, the shared experiences that we're all having, I think is really important because I think in the world we live in now, one of the benefits to getting together in the office is you can talk to people about how you're feeling about things and concerns you have. Whereas today, I think it feels kind of lonely. And am I the only one having this experience? Am I the only one feeling this way? And I think getting together with all of all of you whenever we get together and meet, yeah, I think it's great because it reinforces that, you know, I may be crazy, but I'm not that off center with respect to how I'm feeling about work and, and uh, how businesses are evolving. There's a lot of I don't know is an ambiguity, and I think it's getting comfortable with that. Stephen. Um, metaverse and NFTs and all of that sort of stuff, thanks to thanks to Mr. Joshua there all the time. I mean, you're, you're a depth of knowledge um, that, that I, I just keep wanting to tap into. Um, for, for me, I think I think also about how we, we start redefining what work is as well. And and that that's come up in all of our conversations. I don't know if you if you if you've realized that mm -hmm. all the conversations we've had over recent months that we 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 come back to that point. So I think redefining what work is, um, and and for me I think also it's about 
how else can I make an impact with with other people to be great, right? Same as you, Jeff. You know, build teams, and 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 that's great. And it's not about it. It's not about me. It's actually never been about me. It's always been about what you know. Who who have we got? What can we do? How can we how can we make an impact? And 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 I think the one of my takeaways is what more can I be doing to 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 make that better for other people? And and if that's conversations like this, you know, where where people think actually, oh, there's there's a point, you know, then then that's for me, that's good. Nice. Josh. Yeah, awesome. Cool conversation as always, and I think. It's left me feeling inspired and excited about what the future of the organization may become and what it can become. And just reminded me of the, the power of the individual in terms of the choices that we can make and how we should go about making those choices. And I think we carry a, a deep, deep-seated responsibility, not only to ourselves, but also to future generations. And Jeff, my, one of my biggest learnings from this conversation is the way that you framed the problem that we want to solve. And I think that when we start thinking about organizations and the work that we do around centering on the problem that we want to solve rather than the product that we can or are selling, it then fundamentally changes the way that we think about things and basically how we show up as individuals. And I think if we can show up as individuals and if we can show up as our authentic selves, we'll be amazed by the work that we can do and how that can unlock different forms of value for the world. Um, going forward so yeah thanks again Jens for for an awesome conversation and I'll hand it back to you to bring us home yeah I have to think it's it's always incredible to to meet with you guys I take away and I learned a ton um, I'm learning every day from from Josh on the metaverse and web 3 so I have a, a pipeline built to South Africa <laughs> on that topic and I think li- like you like you mentioned Josh the the problem part isn't something interesting and yeah we work on this uh we have had a conversation this morning was it this morning yesterday yesterday <laughs> um on that as well where we looked into how how do we do something that's bigger than us and um bringing a couple of podcast guests together and figuring that out together um i think it's we need to have more conversations like this with different opinions because we're kind of in the same direction I would I would love to have a conversation with people who are completely having a different point of view on this and and look into how do they see um a future of an organization maybe someone who is who is out of a completely different culture let's say I mm-hmm. I was living in Russia for a couple of years would be interesting to take someone hey how do you see that maybe a young person and a more experienced person same with Asia to understand how do you see that would you love to have this autonomy and and freedom and empowerment or no 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 let me let me let do you you do this and i do my work i've seen it in the past so it is it just an idealistic thinking from the four of us or is it something that's applicable for more there would be something interesting to explore in the future and i try to have more conversations like this because I believe that we we that's why I'm calling it connecting the dots. We need to learn to learn in different ways and and taking other opinions and being open like we are in our setting um, to learn from each other and taking different nuggets and build your own picture because we don't need to agree. It's more about hey, 
yeah, I I don't agree with your point, but I learned something. If we can make that on bigger scale, that would be interesting to find out how we can literally help the 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 world to to figure that out. That's I think one of the biggest issues we have in humanity right now. How do we help each other to figure it out? Having said that, thank you very much today, guys. It was a pleasure having you. Looking forward to the next one. Just quick before you go. Thanks for listening to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed the Innovation Breakfast Club episode. If you have questions about the participants or want to connect, please go to the show page on jensheitland.com where you will find all details about this episode and of course the others and as well links to the social media accounts of my guests. I am all about connecting innovators from around the world. In case you like this episode, it would mean a lot to me if you would take one minute of your time to give me a review on your favorite podcasting platform. Because this will enable me to reach more people and inspire people to innovate. If you are interested in applying innovation in your organization and need some inspiration or help, please reach out to me and we can explore how I or someone else of my ecosystem might be able to help you. Hear you in the next episode. And don't forget to innovate the world. <laughs>